rolling. You normally do the introduction. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Disaster Girls for another rollicking round of disaster film dissection. We now have a name for the people listening, which is Disaster Divas. <laughs> yes. Only took us five episodes. It's true. And then you got to feel it. Yeah. It's got to be organic. But I'm really proud of us for finally getting there. <laughs> so uh, if you listen to the introductory episode, as predicted, it took five episodes for us to drop the Disaster Divas name. <laughs> But, it's you know, true. We seeded it early. Yes, <laughs> we finally, we finally come, we finally come to to where we belong. We've we've fulfilled our destiny. It's as- a Chekhov's nickname. <laughs> <laughs> and Amanda, what what wonders behold? What wonders await us today? Well, Jordan, <laughs> today we discuss a movie so special that it must have multiple names depending <laughs> on the service you're using. Um, if you're going by the DVD, mm-hmm. we're talking about new Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. If you're going by Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. we're going with a much more succinct boa. Uh-huh. I, it took me hours. I'm sorry. I don't normally come in this early, but it took me hours to find this movie. <laughs> Why did, did you just, What? When I searched new Alcatraz, it came right up on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't know it was the same movie. I was oh. like, why does this fucking Boa movie keep coming? <laughs> Dean Kane clinched it for me because I clicked on it too. I was like, oh my God, if I watched the wrong movie... But then, oh, Dean we could have We could have discussed two ty- entirely different movies, and that would have been equally as entertaining Let's to hope me. that happens at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. Let's hope that happens, actually. Yeah, no, see, I had the opposite thing, where when I was first compiling the list of, like, these are movies we can all talk about, and I had Boa on mm-hmm. there, and then I went to go find it to be able to figure out what the movie, like, what services we could watch it on, and I kept finding this new Alcatraz thing, and I was like, that? What? I don't... What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Which is, I think, why, with the name of the movie, they, they changed it from new Alcatraz to Boa, because... Okay. Well, when you hear new Alcatraz, doesn't really tell you what you're dealing with here. That is very true. And why would you want to bury the boa? No, you'd never bury the boa. As we learned. Or maybe you maybe you do bury the boa, you, but you, you never let it loose. That's right. You never you leave it leave it buried in pure nitrogen. <laughs> um, so to catch up everybody who didn't have the pleasure of watching this film, um, the plot of Boa Ne New Architat uh-huh. New Alcatraz is um, New Alcatraz is located in very close to the South Pole in Antarctica. It is a the world's most secure prison mm-hmm. for extrajudicial <laughs> extrajudicial holding of uh, the most world's most dangerous of criminals. Sure. And um, as they are setting up this new prison, we, they are drilling for reasons unknown. They tap into a cavern of pure nitrogen, mm-hmm. which also happens to have held for several million years. A 100-foot-long boa constrictor. Yes. Which then proceeds to wreak havoc on the good people of New Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah. The minimally populated, Very, yet maximum yes. security New Alcatraz. Not a particularly well-staffed facility, <laughs> yeah. um, which we'll get into that as well, actually. Um, but yeah, so in order to figure out what they're dealing with, because giant boa constrictor is apparently not an easy enough answer, <laughs> they pull in... Um, Dr. Dean Kane, 
uh-huh, a yeah. paleontologist and his wife, Dr. Wife of Dean Kane. Yes. Who like were made clear it's 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 Dr. Dr. Platt or Dr. Tanner? Dr. Yeah, Dr. Platt Trenton. Because he's Dr. Platt. Robert Tet. I pulled up the, the Wikipedia so I know their characters' names this time. Great. Um, so he is He is Dr. Robert Trenton and she is Mrs. Trenton. She keeps being referred to as Mrs. Trenton, which yeah. she does not like with good reason. She yeah. spent a lot of time in school for that. She's a goddamn doctor. She's a doctor. Um and so they are sent to New Alcatraz to deal with the very alive, not dead, uh, 100-foot-long boa constrictor. And um, mayhem ensues. Very much so. So, and we, we learn a lot in this movie about a lot of different things, um, which I guess should roll us right into the logistics <laughs> yeah. of opening a prison in Antarctica. Yeah, I think it said 20 miles from the South Pole. 20 miles from the South Pole. Um, which to be fair, I don't know why you wouldn't put it closer to the edge. I guess maybe they're worried about glacial melting. Mm, that's um, a very good point actually. Yeah. Because there's no real, it's not like if you put it any closer to the edge of the North of the South pole, they're going to like have a better chance of escaping. Yeah. They're not going to be less in the South pole. Right. It's not like, the, oh, well, you know, it's only like a 10,000 mile swim to, <laughs> yeah. to Australia. And to you got to get horde of Africa. Yeah. You've got all those killer leopard seals there. Like, I think you'll be fine. Get some attack penguins. Yeah. And if you set. make it five feet in the water, once you have entered yeah. and, and felt the freeze of, of that stabbing through your body and rendering you inert basically. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was no, there's not it logistically they made, which to be fair, does actually line up a lot in my head with an organization. It was like 35 countries. I think they said, right. Had, and had a big international consortium. Yeah. So it does line up for me that 35 countries getting together would find out what this would be their stupid solution. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, this is supplying this, this prison, which will eventually hold 25,000 people. Oh, right, right. 25, like right now it's staffed up for six. <laughs> yeah. They're going to ramp up real slow, <laughs> but eventually they're going to get to 25,000 and uh, 20 miles from the South Pole mm-hmm. seems reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I liked that. I, I loved that in uh, early on in the movie, there is an apprehension of two. Are they, do we believe they're really heads of state? Like one guy says he's like the defense minister of, of Chechnya. Of Chechnya. Um, <laughs> I, I wish mean, you could hear Amanda's eye roll. Well, so here's now. the thing. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was tremendous. So it was 2002. <laughs> yes. And I feel like in 2002, I'm going to have to do a lot more reading up on the geopolitical situation around Chechnya at the time because yeah. Chechen separatists were a, a part of the vernacular in like action and, yeah. and thriller movies. Cause that's the time. like 24. I think that they were bad guys in 24. Like they were our boogeyman wow. for a little while. Right. Yeah, they, and they explicitly name like, Oh, like now Russia and America are fighting for influence over our country. Yeah. So like, it's like, Oh guys, don't worry. This isn't about Russia and they're not, um, this isn't Russia meddling in American affairs. This is the Chechens. Yeah. And the Chechens, in this case, they are apprehended because they have purchased two nuclear missiles that they're trying to take back to their country, which I imagine they're going to use as like bargaining chips because like can be like we're a nuclear power now. Yeah. But they are on a luxury jet, which I thought was an interesting way to transport nuclear missiles. <laughs> yes. On a luxury jet that is um, uh, basically pulled over yeah. by a couple of American fighter jets. And a they are rendered uh, sort of useless by an EMP blast. That is sent out. Mm-hmm. And does anything, nothing, op- like in the in the mythical universe of the EMP in films, that even shuts down the source of the EMP, doesn't it? Like in the Matrix, when they use the yeah. EMP to take out all the Sentinels, it renders the Nebuchadnezzar 
like useless. And yet the F-18s or, you know, whatever these fighter pilots are, fighter jets are, continue to fly despite the fact that they've just sent out a giant mag- EMP pulse and rendered the electronics on this plane, which still otherwise works. Which seems like a really risky choice to make when you have an airplane holding two nuclear warheads. (laughs) Maybe you don't disable it, but yeah. Um, Yeah, I feel like maybe it was like a maybe one of maybe one of the airplanes had an EMP and the other one had like a net of some sort that could <laughs> a Faraday like, cage yeah I don't know yeah. is that what does that I protects that in that case why not <laughs> it, it, it had Grand Canyon magic I don't know man <laughs> yeah, it did you never forget Grand Canyon magic never forget Grand Canyon magic <laughs> um I mean like what I enjoy about that was I was like yeah you know what sure let's go with that rule let's yeah like, let's just go with the fact that like you guys aren't gonna deal we are never gonna touch upon any of this set piece again <laughs> cool guys <laughs> Could have used any of that money for more snake scenes, uh-huh. but you went with that. Yeah. Like, it, with the EMP. Yeah, yeah. It was by far the biggest, like the snake, but it was by far the biggest special effect yeah. that happened in the movie. Which again, like is a, a thing that they could have done just as easily. Like, I mean, I'm often wa- like whenever I watch these, I'm always like, but you could have done this for cheaper. Right. Um, Which don't you like, want that? Yeah. Isn't that a priority so, like, for why you? Why didn't you guys just have them like meeting in a room and some guy comes in with two like big steel briefcases and they're like, yeah, we've got the weapons here. Yeah. And then it turns out that they're the Americans yeah. and they're like, and actually those weapons are attack penguins like that instead of having airplanes and attack penguins (laughs) also they what is the base that they reroute the plane to like something diaz in in the an, an allegedly large american base in the indian ocean yes how does that result then in them seemingly immediately being taken to the antarctic are they then we, I guess, prisoner transported to the Antarctic prison because it's like they're downed yeah. by the American fighter pilots and then they just show up in the prison like it's the same place. But I guess there's a prisoner transport thing there we just don't see. Yeah, they, we, we skip the whole part where they're transported. We skip their trial. Right. We skip their transport. That they don't even seem to know about. Yeah, they know. There's like, oh, we were try like, uh, uh, then this is not Nuremberg situation. Here. <laughs> they just totally skip over any sort of trial. They mm-hmm. suddenly show up there. I feel like the guy was drugged for the process like he had to yeah. have been which what a confusing situation <laughs> you follow, you're, you're drugged in the indian ocean you wake up and you are in antarctica you've been black bagged to antarctica yeah and told you are serving now a life sentence in antarctica in antarctica yeah <laughs> i'm wow and he's extremely calm about oh, it he's so chill the whole Kim time and Piotr are very very calm everyone was shockingly resigned <laughs> Really to this true. situation they were just like yeah this is just what it is we're in a prison that actually hasn't technically opened yet uh-huh yeah because we learned that it's supposed to open and yeah. it hasn't opened but there are apparently several people in this prison who are acclimated to prison life there are, <laughs> yeah. like i got the we feeling call those beta prisoners yeah the beta test <laughs> the beta test of prisoners because i got the feeling that like ira girl mm-hmm. and hacker boy have yeah. been there for quite a while there is an american hacker i think his name is mitch kelly and he's a kelly mitch kelly mitch and he's a super mitch. hacker i just looked it's apparently there's an extra eye in there but he isn't yeah sorry kelly oh is it meech then mitch Oh, Mitich. Okay, Kelly yeah. Mitich. Yeah. I wish it was Kelly Meech. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Meech. Um, the, yeah, Kelly Mitich is, a, is, a, is an American super hacker who has been put in this um, black box prison. And there's also an IRA, I guess, presumably, like an IRA member who I guess would have been labeled as a terrorist. The, the, in 1997. And like, why, why th- them here? We don't know the gravity of their crimes that have landed them in the presumably worst prison in the entire known world. 
Um, but they immediately hate each other. We know that. Yeah. He he was in there because he had shut down like the U.S. He had been paid by four different governments that to was shut down the U.S. servers of some sort. Yeah. It's always a server. It's always a server. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was probably just a big DDoS attack. Yeah. Just and you know they they had they're like well we need beta prisoners in so. my head. He is in there, even though it's 2002, for trying to shut down the grid for a uh, cash shredding thing for the Fed. Oh, wow. He's a proto-hurricane heister in my head, is my head canon. He would definitely be a proto-hurricane heister. Proto-hurricane heister. I think that's totally true. Yeah. So that's what that's what his situation is. Yes. Um, and so, which had he not wound up in that prison, he might have wound up being eaten by a hurricane. So. <laughs> yeah. With a, a hurricane with a mouth. With a mouth, So yeah. literally eaten. Mm-hmm. And and these prisoners are, are basically um, pretty chill. They are such, like, it has more of the dynamic of, like, the early scenes from um, Breakfast Club. Yeah, they're, a bit, they're yeah. a bit of a, of, a, of a sort of set of rapscallions in detention kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, no, I was waiting for I was waiting for IRA last to like yeah. get a makeover f- by Chechenian rebels, <laughs> yeah. and then for like her to come out and suddenly her hair is softer and she has a bow in her hair and right. she's like, yeah, and and Kelly Mitich, mm-hmm. uh, for some reason is is in initially he's like the oh I'm gonna have sex with this person, but then Im- almost immediately pivots to like virulently bigoted. Oh my god, I couldn't like that was Sh- shocking every time that he called her a whore, which was like. <laughs> For a fairly lighthearted movie, where this is, this is not a this is not a movie where you're like, oh, this isn't this is something that that feels very suddenly like a slap, very very suddenly. He would just bust out with whore, and you're like, oh god, what just happened? Shocking! It would yeah. like it is it is a word that like it's not like offensive to my delicate sensibility, but in the context of it, it was like, sir, yeah, sir, like no one yells, simmer down, no one yells fuck when they see a snake, but he's just like. <laughs> Okay, you Protestant whore. You, yeah, it was first you Irish whore, and then and then when it gets modified to you Protestant yeah. whore, it was like, does Kelly Middich have a rooting interest in the battle between the Republic <laughs> of Ireland and Northern Ireland? And are we learning that that we're not going to get into right now? This also, is wild. Wait, hold on. Isn't technically aren't the I isn't the IRA Catholic? That I couldn't <laughs> say. That I couldn't say. I'm pretty sure they are because that's the whole issue. Is that like isn't the issue showing my my well of knowledge about <laughs> geopolitical stuff which by that i mean i've watched a lot of episodes of dairy girls oh yeah okay and those girls is are that, all is they're the all IRA a plot line in dairy girls that's the whole thing it takes place in 92 during oh. the troubles you gotta watch dairy girls i do i i've heard I, it seems like i really do you really do you will adore dairy wow girls. yeah no this seems tremendous yeah new this is now a dairy girls podcast yeah, dairy, dairy so girls we're disaster, podcast. We're in, yeah instead of dairy disaster girls we're now dairy girls you're now dairy divas everybody <laughs> but yeah no the whole thing is that the like it started because the fact that the crown became what the ira is catholic they're catholic because they oh yeah wow i just realized as i'm saying protestant i'm like wait no because the crown is protestant and they tried to turn all of the uk into catholics after after henry got it yeah suddenly this adds such a layer of this 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 is such a great addition to the reality (laughs) suddenly we have like the great very real fact introduced from our ira woman that there are no snakes in ireland looked up verified yeah no snakes in ireland that's the saint patrick's day they could get this right but they couldn't get the the religious affiliation of the ira right that seems that seems consequential that seems 
like you're asking for trouble. Well, to be fair, it took till we actually got sat here and broke it down for either for one of us to be like, wait, yeah, that's not like I when he called her that I was mostly fixated on the horror part. Oh, of like exactly. The it's blinding. the deep aggressiveness of it. <laughs> I was just it was it was like a weird shock. Yeah. Given that. Yeah. That the rest of it. But in general, the prisoners other than that aspect mm-hmm. get along quite well. Yeah. They were I liked very cooperative. The silent Iraqi guy. Yep. Just the weird, it was sitting in a corner, had nothing to contribute to anything. In their, in their commissary that was really just um, a small office where everyone got along pretty peacefully. Yeah. Everyone just ate together. Yeah. In this maximum security prison, everybody's just mixing it up. Like yeah. as, as you'd said previously, just free to conspire. Yeah. Just put everybody in together, the world's most dangerous criminals and have them free to conspire about how to, to kill, maim or, you know, in, in other, some other way cause terror in this yeah. facility. When they, when they were sitting there and the Chechen guy was like, it's a microphone as the, and, and I was like, Ooh, wow. I can't believe. Cause, um, hacker wanted to plot how to break out hacker who, if we haven't said so is Bobby from twin peaks. Oh yeah. You haven't met. Yeah. Hacker. So Bobby from twin peaks wants to break out Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> Chechnyan does. And the Chechnyan leader doesn't want to talk to him because he's annoying. Yeah. Which yeah. like would be my response in prison as well. I was like, I mean, I can be here for the rest of my life, <laughs> yeah. but if I have to talk to you, yeah. we're going to have some issues. And he mouths and points at the table and is like, it's a microphone. And my first thing was, oh, my God, I can't believe that the hacker didn't even notice that it was a microphone. Right. But then when IRA girl pulls it out and shows it's just a plug in the middle of the table and yeah. it wasn't a microphone. And I was like, oh, wow, the prison didn't even mic up the communal eating area. And the fact, too, that it is one of those like stoppers in a plastic table. It's in a conference room yeah. that you can remove so you can fit like cords. Yeah, you can wire wires. it up. Yeah. What possible use is there for that type yeah. of unbelievable? <laughs> because because a they, conference room table. They used a conference room table. They like were, were people Budget. dialing like were people dialing in via blue yeah. jeans <laughs> to the commissary. <laughs> was there was there going to be a like mic'd up speaker phone it's, set up? It's like in Dark Knight when uh, Mr. Lau is like conferencing in yeah. through a TV to conspire about their criminal activity. It's the same type of thing. That this was new yeah. Alcatraz brought to you by Cisco. <laughs> Qualcomm's new Alcatraz. <laughs> Having just been up in San Francisco, that's actually not inaccurate. No. I would not be shocked soon if all God, of a sudden that is oh that is dark. That is so possible. Alcatraz becomes a, a, a shared workspace. Yeah, like when we <laughs> when we fantasize when we fan, fantasy cast this later and we, we're talking about the remake of it, it, the 2019 version of this would absolutely be a a creepily privatized and sponsored. Yeah. You'd have like the Facebook commissary yeah. in the Qualcomm prison. <laughs> Oh my God! Startup culture goes to prison. Yeah, Holy shit. yeah, yeah. You would absolutely have like the Private slack prison. room mm-hmm. where like the engineers gathered. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think that, that that I think that's a good throw into the the engineers in this movie who were their position at the very beginning because they're the guys who there is this uh, there's this problem with the central heating. And uh, a couple of the CEOs complained that like, oh, the heat's going out. So we haven't had heat three of the last five nights Mm -hmm. in our Antarctic facility prison (laughs) in winter and are alive to bitch about it. Yeah, it's a real inconvenience for them. Yeah. And so they're like, listen, engineers, you need to fix the heat. And the engineers are like, well, to fix it, we're going to have to drill into this big old giant rock. And they're like, we'll do it. And they're like, well, the problem is the rock is hollow. And they have this really stupid conversation. But what the engineers are trying to get at is, well, there is a possible explosive amount of gas inside this hollow space that Mm -hmm. if we drill into it, like, I think 
I think one of the engineers describes the possible force of it as head shearing. Yeah. Like a head shearing force explosion. And the CEO Quinn, Mm -hmm. who's maybe the dumbest person in the movie is like, well, he's like, what's that mean? I don't care. Do it anyway. And it's like, this is extremely dangerous. Like no one's coming to save you if this messes up. So of course the officers browbeat the engineers Mm -hmm. into drilling into this giant cavern anyway. And there is the exact explosion that is predicted. And they're like, why didn't you tell us this would happen? And it's (laughs) like, they told you exactly. They said head shearing force. That's pretty fucking vivid explanation of how bad this could be. They must have thought they said Ed Sheeran. (laughs) (laughs) And it was 2002, so they did not know what Ed Sheeran Force was. It didn't make sense. It made no sense, because this was in a pre-Ed phase. Ed Sheeran Force. Yeah, I I absolutely, like, the entire movie, there were lots of moments where I was like, no, we just covered what was going to occur if you did these things. And yeah, when when he was like, you didn't tell us this could happen, I was like, no, they explicitly said. Yeah. Made but it very I appreciate clear. that you didn't listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the CEOs walk away like angry at the engineers and almost like conspiring against them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like keep an eye on those guys. Like there was something said about like how they are going to res- be responsible for getting everybody in there killed when it's like, no, clearly you are responsible for what just happened. Which was a very like in terms of reality, I felt that the complete lack of responsibility on the parts of the CEOs yeah. as well as when we get the soldiers in later. Yeah. Everyone, everything was like, oh, that didn't, we didn't do this. Uh-huh. It happened. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, that that tracks actually like I a hundred percent believe that the warden Mm -hmm. accepts no personal responsibility for poor choices. Yeah. For the poor, the poor functioning and dangerous conditions within a prison or later when the, when the, when the army guys are in there and they just start shooting at what they think is a snake and it turns out to just be one dude in Kevlar And they radio in to say, he's been shot. Like, how could that have happened? The snake must have taken the, the gun and shot him as a decoy. The damnedest things happen in the yeah. Antarctic. You know? or, or when the other, and then another time when they were just like shooting wildly after being warned that there were exposed gas pipes everywhere. Everywhere. Warned by this, which is like, that seems like a poor design feature <laughs> yeah. in a high security prison. Yes. Where the, apparently you can just like let these guys wander. And then they shoot it. They they cause everything to explode and radio. Warden, we have a gas leak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Do we now? Yeah. How did that, that? How did that happen? <laughs> Care to walk me through that? Yeah. So well, it was just on the whole the total the the adult men failing to have any yes. ad- in positions of power just completely absolving themselves of responsibility. I respected that. And that what it, the the two people who the two people seem to have any sense at the beginning, the engineers. Are, I feel like they're going to be like our guides. Like we're going to go with these people through this movie. Yeah. Besides when we know Dean Cain will eventually enter. Like he's going to be team engineer. Yeah. They get snatched by the snake basically immediately. And also uh, Palu- Paluso, one of the engineers, is actor Greg Collins, who was also apparently in The Rock. So this is this is basically so he's, been in he's in old Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Oh, yeah. wow. He's been in old Alcatraz and now he's in new Alcatraz. Look at him. But yeah, we lose the engineers early. And then that is our cue that kicks us over to the university setting where we meet uh, Dr. Dean Kane and his uh, doctor wife. Yeah. Do- and, and doctor wife. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Mrs. Dr. Kane. Yeah. Mrs. Dr. Kane. Mrs. Dr. Kane, which I really enjoyed that there was like this brief moment for no good reason of hot co-ed just kind of like abstractly hitting on him. Yeah. Um, as he was going off to <laughs> Jason's just shaking his head. <laughs> 
what did that accomplish? I don't yeah. know. Because it wasn't like that was the source of their marital tensions. Because, of course, no. we have a husband-wife. Yes. So th- Which means that we have a wife who has a job. Yes. Which <laughs> means that there must be marital tensions about <laughs> her willingness to have a family and give up her career. Yeah, and she's definitely the more they we we learn rapidly that they're leaving their positions at the university because they've been granted they've been given a research grant by the university. So I guess they're still affiliated with it, but they're like are we he's like so we're just going to walk away from tenure to to do this? Like remind me why we're doing this. They're Which, both up for tenure apparently. Not, not really how it works. You normally take a sabbatical and continue being employed. Right. Especially if the research, if the university is the one providing you the research grant, I yeah. imagine. Do you guys think the people that wrote this movie actually know about college? <laughs> well, they knew that. No, I mean, absolutely not. But they knew about the word tenure, which was like a concern of theirs, which I was impressed by. Because like, I figured it would be something more along the lines of him being like, you know, are we just going to like, what, we're just going to uproot our lives and yeah. live out in the field? Like, which... To be fair, is what most paleontologists is what appeals to them. Yeah, it seems like it seems especially this is a person what we learn about Dr. Dean Kane early as he's saying goodbye to his students is that he has this niche special interest. Apparently he and his wife both wrote, I think they're like postdoc dissertation, mm-hmm. like maybe they wrote it together on a theorizing about like prehistoric uh reptiles that are frozen in Antarctica. Yeah. The exact problem that the Boa is. Right. So they are clearly the main the intellectual point in in the world apparently for uh, expertise in this matter. Well, no, there's one other guy because they oh. threatened to go to him. Yeah, there is that one other guy, which He's I a love. Hack. I love one of my favorite tropes in in movies that feature scientists, <laughs> um, and it's done really really well in Arrival. Mm-hmm. Um, when the military shows up, mm-hmm. you have like. 20 minutes to pack your things. <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's like you have no say in the matter. It's the it's the equivalent of getting the golden ticket for Willy Wonka. Oh, it's like, you're oh, so no, right. You must show up and if you're you pass this right. test, you're getting you're getting a candy factory whether you like it or not. <laughs> um, and so I love like I love when a military convoy shows up or in the case of Arrival where they just like land on her front lawn <laughs> yeah. having scoped out to make sure that her front lawn like they do enough tactical work to be like, well, she has a front lawn to land on. Yeah. They're like, pack your things. We're going. I'm not going to tell you where we're going. I'm not yeah. going to tell you why we're going. But when you show hesitation, I'm going to suggest I'm going to go to one of your competitors. <laughs> yeah. I love everything about that. That trope. is really fantastic. It's such a it's good one. So petty. It's so petty. It's the entire driving action of the movie revolves around the fact that the very true fact that like scientists and researchers. There's friction there. There's a lot of friction there. Okay, okay. Like, not necessarily even always malevolent, but just like there's always one person that you absolutely hate. Uh huh. Because I think that's true of like in most fields. (laughs) There's always like one person you're like, oh my god, not that guy. Like, I have a nemesis. You, everyone has a nemesis. Yeah, nemesis. And I love that they always manage to figure out who they've done enough back research before they <laughs> did this. Like that's why they only have 20 minutes to drop in and go mm-hmm. is because they've spent the last five hours of planning. Does she have a lawn we can land on? Mm-hmm. How can we get a military convoy out to this remote research site? Yeah. And who do they hate more than anyone? <laughs> yeah. Who have they not left a happy birthday message on their Facebook wall for five to seven yeah. years? Like I love that aspect. No, so that, that is, that is a really great point. But the fight that they, but in the middle of all this, they are interrupting when the military, military convoy comes out yeah they are interrupting a great on-the-job fight yeah 
about having children. Yes. She is like, I'm not ready to settle down. I'm not like, what am I going to do? I'm going to be back in the motel room while you're out here at the dig. Like, I don't want that to be my life. And he's like, that's not going to be your life. We'll make it work. And she's like, how? Yeah. Which is the exact right question to ask. And right before the, like, the, the military people enter the frame, he's like, I don't know, but we'll figure it out, which is exactly means no. It'll do the thing where it'll happen exactly like you say it will. And we'll say we'll figure it out. And then that won't happen. And you will end up raising the baby and become resentful. And it will become the exact trap that you think it was going to be. Yeah. Because I don't trust Dr. Dean Kane. I don't trust him at all. In the middle of that conversation with the military people, he inter like his wife like interjects to be like, "We're taking the job," and he goes, "Honey, yeah, yeah." If you use it, if you use a, a, a if you use a condescending honey in the middle of an interaction with these military <laughs> people who have shown up to offer Doctor Dean Kane and his wife a job, yeah. Doctor absolutely are putting her in her place, Doctor Trenton and Mrs. Trenton. Yes. And I'm like, what? What do you? What era do you think this is? You guys have done enough research yeah. to know that he is the preeminent scientist. Both about of this. their names were on that paper. Yeah, you both wrote. They both it was, wrote. No, the paper. it was it was Doctor Trenton, Trenton and wifey and yes <laughs> and, and and plus one. <laughs> They're allowing a plus one on yeah. this trip to the Antarctic. Well, that is how they wrote the research paper yeah. too by Doctor Trenton <laughs> and, and, and the other one and guest <laughs> and guest. And guest. <laughs> you know can't live with him can't live without him oh my god yeah it was it was great it was just like i really enjoyed that that as always happens that that's that dynamic that starts out and then never gets dealt or resolved with again no, no. i really appreciate that they were like well now we've got bigger and he didn't seem super torn up by the way when he thought she was dead his next priority no he was <laughs> mostly just like he was like how the fuck do we get out of here mid-level angry yeah. about it not even maximum angry yeah he wasn't that's like your friend dropped your phone angry yeah. that is exactly what it is when he stormed into into the the watch command yeah uh 90 screens one picard share <laughs> yeah. to monitor frantically <laughs> yeah just <laughs> rotating around swivels, back and forth. Swivels, swivels it was yeah it was outstanding which means that they because they, they only had the one chair there this place is again staffed up for 25,000 theoretically going to have 25,000 prisoners right there were no more chairs in that command center for the future you're right that was, was a fixed position yeah there was there's was just the one chair monitoring 25,000 of the world's most dangerous prisoners potentially in a place and where they, they put them in a common in a common dining area yeah so this seems really I want a a sequel crossover to this that is both excuse me, that is Escape Plan, the Sylvester Stallone franchise meets New Alcatraz slash Boa, uh -huh. where Sylvester Stallone is tasked with being imprisoned in and breaking out of New Alcatraz with the twist of the Boa is still there. Oh, see. <laughs> <laughs> so he has to double escape in this case. I'm thinking Orange is the new Boa, <laughs> which is a... Uh, which, which would be like a dramedy set in New Alcatraz, yeah. highlighting like all the different characters and their in their interactions, and you know, really learning a, a Genji Cohen special, yeah, really breaking down and getting into the the deep a character study of the different um, most dangerous terrorists in the world, combined with then the snake, <laughs> with then the snake. If, if if a listener writes that spec, I will definitely I don't know retweet it. Like, yeah. I can't do much. I don't know I much would, poll, but yeah. <laughs> no, I would I would because uh, the song even works. You know, the theme song would mm -hmm. could stay. Mm -hmm. Um. Because the cage would be full of snakes. <laughs> uh, I like that. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, so so going back to Picard share mm -hmm. and monitoring 90, 90 screens, no yeah. wonder they couldn't figure out where the snake was at any given time. Yeah, this giant, huge python 
quickly worming through hallways is like not catching anybody's attention on no. any of the 90 screens because because you have one guy to monitor <laughs> yeah. all of it and they're all like four inches across right yeah so so yeah so when when dean kane showed up and was like you my wife is dead we gotta get the fuck out of here <laughs> dropping such a shocking number of i did not know dean kane could say fuck as much as he did <laughs> i feel like he like i was i was genuinely surprised and wondered if he ad-libbed that like right it right. was more than it I, starts to feel a bit spontaneous at yeah. a certain point much like the irish whore yeah thing where it's like wow i guess i guess bobby riggs is just like yeah. <laughs> improvising at this point <laughs> just riffing on these jarring insults yeah no there and it, there's a great moment where a a group of soldiers another group of soldiers has died at the hands of the boa i think it's when one of them shoots a gas line and triggers a big explosion and that consumes a few more of the soldiers. And then we cut back to the the HQ where you have the, the sort of chief of the prison. There's just this great beat where there's a kind of a pause and he's just all alone. He just goes, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. And not, not, not angrily or passionately, no. just shit. Like yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a, a line delivery as if he had gone, come back from the grocery store <laughs> all the way back to new Alcatraz and then realized he'd forgotten something. And that meant that he would have to go back yeah. to Chile yeah. to, get, to get the oat milk he left behind. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, shit. Shit. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that was, well, I'm down all of my soldiers, probably not getting out of here. Now there's, there's explosions to deal with on top of the boa. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> what more can you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, it really, what I enjoyed so much about so much of this movie was that general sense of everyone being like, well. Me? What else can we do? Yeah. yeah. And there was the 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 extremely like the nonsensically stupid CO Quinn who just seems to have an angry motivation for everything. Like when the when the engineers die, this really just like took me aback. When the engineers die, he's like sending them to their deaths. Yeah. One of his other COs, he knows something terrible has happened, and it's probably this inexplicable thing he just saw on the camera. And he's like, "Hey guys, hey engineers." you go check that out and they're going to check it out. We're like, we're not going in that big explosion hole where it looks like something popped out of. And he's like, no, you should go. And it's like, that's not our job. And he's just like sitting there knowingly sending. It's yeah. like, why are you trying to kill the engineers? He, what is your problem? He, he has had it out for the engineers since the beginning. Since like, the start. Yeah. No, I, I found him and he was one of the people I think that was consumed in the gas explosion because he was driving the little car. He refused to get out of the car. Yep. Again, very believable that yep. the COs were, were like, walk. We're not going to walk. Uh, yeah. So disgusted with the concept of like, we should walk now because it'll cause the cars causing vibrations yes. that will draw the snake. Dr. Dean Kane is like, oh, we should get out of this little like golf cart basically yeah. to move through this tunnel because snakes are these attracted to vibration. Yeah. And the, 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 the reactions are just like, what? And he's like, they're attracted to vibration. That's what this car is doing. We should not get in this. So like, we're not. And for, and their, our only motivation, they're just like, we're not walking. Yeah. It's like, well, well, what they were telling you is you can't move as quickly, but you will definitely be found. Ultimately, the vibration doesn't end up killing them. The explosion does, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But I, they, he just, every, every self-preservation instinct he seemed to act like he had of like, I'm not going in there. It's too dangerous, was immediately defeated by his stupidity 
of just putting himself in terrible situations. Yeah. It was a very weird mix of things. It was, it was absolutely like there was, they were attempting, I think they wanted to make him the villain, but they didn't want to make him enough of a villain to really lean into it. Right. I think that's a good point. And it was like villainy <clears throat> by idiocy instead of villainy by corruption, which is really what I'm, what I'm looking for, for a satisfying. Yeah. When I want, when I want to see someone get bitten in half by a snake. Yeah. I want to see someone get bitten in half by a snake. And it's because of their own evilness, not because of their own incompetence. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, like in these situations. In that's really these in situations. these situations. Sometimes I love a good bitten in half by incompetence. Like that's satisfying. And too we in really its own did. Way. We got such little snake gore. I know. That's what was surprising to me. Was like that it was clear that the people were being like parts were being taken off them, like being bitten in half, and it doesn't need to be a bloodbath. But it was like, wow, you're you're gonna clearly make it like these savage deaths. Yeah. And we didn't get like that good gratuitous monster animal gore or or not enough constricting i did not feel that, no, like the hardly any almost no constricting that was that was this is, is this a boa at all yeah that was which i which could have been there could have been a lot of fun too of like the snake interacting with the environment constricting a gas line and that causes an explosion or something it like, was something that anaconda did so well yeah and anaconda made fantastic use of the constriction yeah. and that's such a great it's like when we talked about with crawl when we finally get that really satisfying you get the satisfying like underwater swirling of the victim by yeah. the crocket by the alligator. And this one, you're like waiting to see the python like wrapped its giant body around a man and watch it like do that spinny, twisty thing. And you never get that, which yeah. is a huge missed opportunity. We get plenty of close up shots and like direct looks at the snake. So it's not like they weren't rendering it. Right. So I was annoyed about that. It, yeah. There was a lot of, there were a lot of missed opportunities I felt with the snake. It yeah. felt like they were fighting like, inexplicable smoke and gas releases a lot more often than they were fighting yeah. a snake which was surprisingly stealthy yeah a, like i was i was always like really that that just snuck right up on you but you you couldn't it's behind you in the tunnel it practically roars and breathes very heavily yeah it was we it was, can hear it that snake was breathing the way that i breathe after running a mile <laughs> consistently consistently like it was it was behind when it, at the end when it was behind dean kane and irish and irish ira girl and she it was like three feet behind her yeah i mean Just, it was it was like comical. you would feel something that cl- yeah. it could be silent but you'd be like there's something moving behind me directly behind me that is at least eight feet of length occupying space yeah like you, you know would, that that's you would there. notice you'd hear it like somewhere there would maybe it was like watching a scooby-doo cartoon where yeah. like scooby and and shaggy are sneaking along a hallway and then the monsters creep in behind them and then they turn around and they're like yoinks for the kind of scene that it is the snake is there for a preposterous yeah, they're like wait is he gonna fake him out is yeah. he gonna find another <laughs> way in i thought he was gonna be like nope i'm gonna come in from the front like i didn't think he was just gonna wait and then it and i was honestly i was i was bummed to see the ira woman go yeah he had made because she's like fucking hate snakes there are no snakes in ireland and she like makes dean kane promise she's like mm-hmm. you have to promise me something he's what she's like you won't let the snake hurt me and it's like well that's what we're all trying to do here yeah but <laughs> and so then like the snake gets her and i was like Aw, aw, aw. And she got really? the longest, most gratuitous death. It and was I was so distressing. I was really, I was like, you called her an Irish whore. Yeah. And a Protestant whore. And then you made, you gave her the like only vulnerable moment in the movie yeah. where she like clearly is terrified of snakes. And then you make the hero promise that she's not going to die by snake. You couldn't have at least like killed her in a gas explosion or something. No, she, she, I was wondering if at the end when he was firing off the shots, if he killed her so that she didn't have to die by snake. Uh, 
So, and which I was like, that's a real dark turn. That, Dean yeah, Kane. that would be, yeah, that that's, would be, I think, too dark for Dr. Dean Kane. But by the same token, she was dead. By the, they then cut back to her after he unleashed all the shots and she was dead. Maybe and that's what it back, is. There was so. this long moment of hesitation where he didn't shoot and then there was like one last like pop from yeah. the gun. Maybe that was that final I shot. I think that maybe, I think Dean Kane right. sympathy killed her. Which, I hope like, so. Damn, Dean Kane. Because that, like, that really was her one, like, please don't let this happen to me. Yeah. Like, she, you know, I feel like this woman's in a dangerous line of work. She embraced a long time ago that, like, if things could go wrong, like, I'm going to end up dead. I didn't want it to see her go by snake. That, I was like, shit, yeah. that's really sad. And then there was also, when 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 uh, Dr. Dean Kane's doctor wife does come back into the frame. She made it into an air duct. She wasn't in fact killed by the boa. Which so, again, total great missed opportunity for a scene of doctor wife, like crawling in the thing and the snake, like tracking her above or yeah. something. Like there were so many things that they could have done where to create tension without having to show the snake necessarily. Yeah. Which I was a little bummed by. I would have liked to have seen a little more like, and we all knew that de- do- the doctor wife wasn't dead. Like, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's not a surprise there. Yeah. We knew, yeah, we even saw, like, yeah. he never, the snake never, like, got a hold of her. It's like, oh, we know this thing Dr. Dean Kane doesn't. Yeah. But then when she comes out of the hole, all the prisoners are so nice to her. I know. They just, like, they gather around her, and they're, like, taking turns, like, handing her off to kind of, like, help her walk. And they're being, nobody's being an asshole. They're no. being really sensitive and receptive. I was just like, I'm not saying these guys aren't criminals, but you're definitely making me like them more than, mm-hmm. I mean, clearly we don't like the COs. You yeah. took our engineers from us. A medium on Dr. Dean Kane, really. Yeah. Medium to medium to cool. And then but like these are, these prisoners honestly seem like they're handling the stress of the situation very well and they're being very caring in this moment for this woman who needs them. Yeah, I and he came back like the real hero of this movie is the Chechenian warlord. Yes. Because he even like I was expecting initially like I was I, you know trying to figure out what was going to happen. I'm like, "Oh my god, it's going to come down to a standoff. Like the real t- thing is going to be that he's going to create a yeah. hostage situation with the doctor wife." And then when she's like, my husband's still in there and he's like, we got to go. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's going to try and take the plane off. And Dean Kane's going to like jump into the plane. And that's totally. Gonna be the- no, he came back. He rescued Dean Kane. Yeah. Dean Kane gets out. He makes it into the savage snowy storm. But because the winter and the snow is so thick, they can't actually see the plane. And the the Chechen man, the Chechenian man and his wife have made it to the plane. And he's like, I'm going to he goes back for him. He goes, he goes into him. the into the whiteout to rescue her husband. for Yeah. Her. I mean, we, the real hero of this movie was the guy who bought warheads in the beginning. <laughs> and I was, I was, I was actually legitimately annoyed when he, because at the end, you of course, like, it's like Alien. Mm-hmm. The snake attaches itself to the plane. They. Which was a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious about how that snake got there. Yeah. They, in the cold. In the cold. Yeah. Reptile. Like, as we've discussed multiple times throughout, as they discussed mm-hmm. multiple times throughout the movie, the snake goes to the heat source. Yeah. Instead, it throws itself into the black wintry night yeah affixes itself to the plane so the plane's flying away well it breaks through and the the chechen man is like i've got a plan and what a great plan it's a really good plan he gets a parachute he manages to lasso the lasso the snake get the parachute out of the cargo bay door which he has opened and then the the force of the parachute opening out behind the snake rips it out of the plane Mm -hmm. but not before it can ensnare the Chechenian man yeah. and pull him to his death. I was like, did we fucking need that? Not pull him. Seriously? Fling him. Fling. Which was Fling. such a great rendering. It's true. It was, I mean, when I, when you see the snake silhouette and then you just see the little silhouette of the man flying. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is good. This was a good use of CGI, yeah, guys. He, like the snake pulls the man from the plane yeah. and then he's like, he's like snake twisting through the air for a couple seconds yeah. and then it just like whip and just, as you say, Blings, Blings the man yeah. into the into the night yeah. where he will hit the ocean or the ground. 
and it was I was I was pissed off. I was yeah. like, this guy has done more than Dr. Dean Kane. He the, the Chechenian man is the one who placed the shape charge yeah. on top of the access tunnel to blow a hole and then get them to the plane. He comes out, rescues Dr. Dean Kane, brings him back to the plane, holds to his promise to make sure like nobody is hurt on his watch that he can stop. Yeah. The you know, the snake obviously kills everybody else. But then it's like they have a tender moment even on the plane where the doctors are reunited and the Chechen man is like, she reminds me of my wife. Yeah. And then Dean's like, oh, I hope you get to see her again. He's like, she died in the war. And then like, they make out. Oh, yeah. And which then they like, make that out was insensitive. Right in front of yeah. him. And then after we find out that he's like, oh, he's a good guy and he's stuck to his word and he got them out of here and he's going to save their lives and he doesn't even have his nukes anymore. Oh, and now we're going to kill him by snake. Yeah. That was trash. Yeah. That was, I did not like that. I would have loved it if Dr. Dean Kane had not survived instead. Yeah, that was, I mean, there were, I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me was that I did not feel like I was invested in almost anybody except for the prisoners. Yeah, same. And in fact, like I really felt watching the movie, I was like, I would have rather spent more time with the prisoners, learning the prisoner. And I, that's kind of what I thought I was going to get into totally. in the movie. Was I thought, I kind of thought before not having read anything about this film, once I saw New Alcatraz, just being like, guys, we should watch this movie with no context except prison in Antarctica and Boa. Snake. Yeah. I was hoping it was going to be sort of a uh, the fugitive meets Anaconda <laughs> mashup where Dean Cain was a wrongfully convicted prisoner and that we were going to get to watch the prisoners try to break out. There was no reason to bring in an outside scientist. There was no reason. There was absolutely in, yeah. no he reason. He didn't really do a lot of sciencing. His no. wife took pictures, which I was like, good job. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure what that's going to achieve, but good plan. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, ultimately, all you had to do was create a bigger facility around the first facility and then you've got a whole thing that you can just like set up and watch and just throw some cows in there and you've got a contained prison for yeah. the snake. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I was like expecting that. So then when we wasted a lot of time, keep in mind, Dean Kane doesn't show up at the prison until 45 minutes into the movie. Is it 45? That, that is halfway. The halfway is the, oh the literal halfway God, point. It's an hour and 35 senseless. minutes. And you don't get Dean Kane to the prison until the 45 minute mark. Because I checked because I'm always curious about pacing on these things and like yeah. how you break down. And what should be, and that's part of why for me, what was missing in the movie was that to be like a nerd about like about screenwriting the point of no return should be at that point should be then yeah should be dean kane entering the prison right. it shouldn't be the midpoint which is supposed to be like when everything rotates the like the paradigm shift exactly jason thank you that should be something changes like oh my god the airplane can't be refueled yeah we're gonna have to hoof it across the antarctic yeah or something along those lines or like oh it no it did seem like they, they did know we have to get the plane off. i don't know if the amount of hours is there correct, was yeah, 12 hours get, yeah we have to get the amount of hour we have to get the plane off the ground in 12 hours otherwise the fuel will freeze inside that seemed reasonable sure but i don't was, know how many it hours was, it would take but i just wanted to note that as far as uh reality goes i was like okay yeah, yeah i, I like that, that motivation uh, but also i was like i don't think anybody's being like well we want to spend more time in the prison with the giant snake yeah, yeah. like no one there was no well hold on we might need 14 to 16 to yeah. hang out with giant killer snake that's just <laughs> yeah. eating people. Yeah. Like, th I liked that they it took several weeks for them to send an airplane down, not to extract people, but to figure out what was going on with the giant snake that we knew about. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the snake was a known quantity yeah. when 
when as soon as the paleontologists get on the plane, the soldiers going aren't even like, you know, eyes only need to know. They don't they don't know their mission. They're just going. They're yeah. like, oh, yeah, there's a giant fucking living <laughs> snake in this plane. That's where we're going. You got a goddamn problem with that. And like the, yeah. the soldier's surliness was so <laughs> universal that like when the when we're it, we're presented with the problem early on that like the all, they cannot the whiteout conditions are so bad the pilot can't even see the runway yeah. there are no as he says twice there's no there's, runway there's lights no there's runway no beacon light. oh my god the pilot by the way the best actor in the whole movie he says that and then for some reason the soldier thinks it's like appropriate for then he looks and he just goes good luck captain yeah it goes to the back <laughs> of the plane like he's not gonna fucking die if captain doesn't do his job right it was like i don't think you get the point of this good luck captain yeah. well again do that was- you have a parachute <laughs> into the icy night well again that was the guy who later on was like he's been shot like well i wonder how that happened genius <laughs> yeah. i'm wondering if he has no sense of like his spatial aware like he's definitely the one who who nicked the gas line oh 100 he nicked the gas line he shot the guy he doesn't understand that like He's probably the guy who puts his hand on the stove, burns his hand, yeah. and then is like, oh my God, my hand got burned. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He had no sense of like that there would be consequences related to him in any way. And I thought that was a fascinating character choice consistently. Yeah. He was, he was real. Yeah. He was real interesting. Yeah. No, I, I, there isn't, and this is just, I, I have to, I have to ask uh, the folks in the room, did I hear correctly when Kelly Midditch, is they're running down a hall and this is right before this is right when he's like in the swing of insulting the IRA woman. Well, when he's just in the golf cart. Well, it's right before he gets in the golf cart. And I swear to God, one of the correctional officers shouts at him, you shut down AOL. Yeah. <laughs> he shut down AOL. Yeah. Like, is that one of that's really what he said? Is that was that one of his crimes? Because he's like, she's like, I hope you shoot that gun better than you hold it. And he's like, what do you expect? I've never killed anybody. And then I think that's when the correctional officer says to him, like, yeah, but you shut down AOL, which is really a reason he should be in that prison. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just like, did we did we? OK, just want to make sure that an AOL joke made it into this. I, movie. Yeah. I'll be honest. By this point, I was um, at, a, at a, a negligible amount of awareness I was <laughs> in bed and, and starting to fall asleep. Uh, so I if that happened, I missed it. But okay, that is fair. incredible. No, that I, did I, happen. Yeah. That did happen. It was amazing. Yeah. And and it was just one. It was a perfect 2002. You shut down AOL is still relevant. Like that's not. Oh, as yeah. If it's that, still yeah. topical. Yeah. That's not as if we're like saying if in oh, yeah. 2009 when people were like, who still uses? We were still using instant messaging by 2002. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. No, yeah. In, in school, that was still that was people were still chatting on. We, it. Were, so like, I we, do were, we were sending in our ballots through AOL yeah. at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were fully reliant. Yeah. yeah. No, rock the vote. Yeah. Um, yeah rock the vote. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, he did absolutely. He was accused. He did shut down AOL. Okay. I wonder if that means that he went from door to door and took everyone's um, <laughs> CD-ROMs. <laughs> if that's what shutting down AOL Sounds is. Sounds like a, a top-tier digital terrorist to me. <laughs> Lock him up in a prison in Antarctica, for sure. <laughs> so, and, and ultimately, so ultimately, you know, we lose our, we lose our Chechnyan hero, and then uh, the pilot gets them out of there, and the doctors go back to the university, where presumably Dean Kane has his way yeah and his wife has probably come around and they will settle down and have kids now we don't know though because the we last don't we don't because know. the last interaction we get from them is like relief that they haven't been oh god i'm just gonna bump this every time i fit <laughs> um the, the relief from like saving themselves from a snake or chechnyan rebel dying by snake but that's not the last line of the movie the last line of the movie is when the pilot 
is asked if he can still fly the plane and he asks if there's a snake on the plane. Yes. And they say, no, there's no more snake on the plane. And then he goes, then yeah, I can fly this plane. <laughs> and I love that he got the last line in the movie and we get no resolution on anybody else's plot lines. No. Except the pilot. There who, is the, the plane sequence is great in multiple ways because yeah. they're like when when the Chechenian man is like, I know what to do, um, he he like starts like luring the snake somewhere, like to get to the back of the plane, and Dean Kane shouts at him, he's like, What do we do? And he just goes, Get the snake off this plane. <laughs> and Dean Kane's like, How? He goes, I, I he's like, I don't know. It's like, that's great. That's funny. That's yeah. a funny interaction. What do we do? Yeah, we get the snake off this plane. <laughs> yeah. And the pilot agrees. There's no snake on this plane? Yeah, I can fly this plane. Yeah. I think the initial line was, uh, we get the motherfucking snake off this motherfucking plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And they had to remove it because Samuel L. Jackson had an issue with it. Yeah, yeah. And the the yeah, the the one true voice of snakes on planes. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that this that the the pilot for the airplane, as opposed to everyone else in this movie who is like driven and gritty and had their jobs, and this pilot was basically the bus driver of yeah. pilots. Yeah. He was the he, he was, was the like, speed bus driver. He was just like, I don't want to be doing like I will fly this plane to Antarctica if I have to, but there's no ble- there's no beacons. Yeah. <laughs> there's no and then approach is there light. a snake on this plane? I'm not flying this plane if there's a snake on this yeah. plane. Like, Good I policy. Was, I, I agree, sir. I, you are correct. So does that bring us then to now that we've reached the conclusion, that brings us to what this movie was really about. I do want to make one more reference. In this, oh, okay. One more thing. <laughs> just because I we started to talk about this beforehand, and then Jason interrupted us and said, the podcast isn't recording yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that, because we kind of discussed Dean Cain as a paleontologist and like why right. that was necessary. Right. Um, because he really, they didn't. He didn't do any paleontology things. No. He didn't even go down into the pit. Like no. there was no. Oh my god, this nitrogen cavern has. Which the nitrogen theoretically it was pure nitrogen, which means that it would have preserved everything the day as, as the day it was. And like you would think, his first instinct would be, I need to go down into the pit and see what else is down uh, there. Yeah, totally. So that we could then get the shot of the snake nest with all of the snake eggs. Yeah. For future sequels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And we didn't get that. And so I was like, well, why wasn't he a biologist? And yeah. the answer to that being that when he says paleontological in the beginning, <laughs> I had to pause it and look up paleontological <laughs> because he said it in such a way that even though it was pronounced correctly, I was uh-huh. like, there's no way that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> and and like, and I, I... A collision of the reality index. Yeah. It is the word, but how can it be the word? And, and I'm like, and I know that paleontological is a word. Like, that's a word I... like. I've heard it, you've yeah. You've heard it. I've used it. Like, yes, it's a thing. But in that moment when Dean Cain said it, it suddenly <laughs> sucked from my brain <laughs> any prior knowledge of it as a word. Because I was like, that's not... Dean Cain just made up sounds. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, Dean Cain just made up sounds. So, yeah. So, I did want to just touch upon the fact that as a paleontologist... Uh, Dean Cain, reality index, not so believable. Would have totally bought him as a, as a biologist. Okay. Enough. Okay. I would have. I would have been in for that. But I liked the part, though, when she, when, when Dr. Wife just flung the, 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 um, what's it called? Shovel. Yeah. At a field assistant and was like, you're in charge now. And just the smile he gives yeah. and the sort of half focus. He's stoked. Good yeah. for him. He's finally, he's finally making it. There's yeah. a whole other movie there about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's a whole other thing. We're yeah. like he there's he's a running subplot. his own dig site now. Yeah, and then something else will happen there, like a killer eagle or something. Like, there's a whole other movie <laughs> about this dude unearthing something at this dig site. A killer eagle would be a lot of fun. Oh my god, just flying in from the sky. <laughs> How has there not been a movie called Killer Eagle yet? That's a we should. We'll, if, that's if a sick ass title. If it exists, we're gonna find it. <laughs> 
Okay, Jordan. So does that roll us into what is this movie yeah, really about? Yeah, what is this now movie that really about? And I, my first, women in the workplace. Oh, sure. This movie is about women in the workplace. And mm-hmm. it, it's interesting because I, I was inclined to be like, it's anti-women in the workplace. Um, but it doesn't really give us a resolution on that. Like, yeah. We're not meant to be sympathetic necessarily. I think that Dean Cain wants her to probably sell out her ambitions to raise a family. Like she is given assertive points to make. She's useless once they get to the facility. Yeah. But when she's standing up for herself back at the dig site and at the school, like she's making salient points and mm-hmm. he doesn't have answers for her. So I, I think ultimately it, it is, I would like for it to have given her more to do in the disaster zone to like entrench that like see I'm a strong person and this is why I wanted to like do field work I want adventure like I can't be tied down yeah but it ultimately makes her like pretty withering and so yeah I'm I'm gonna say that uh being not as pro being being only like tepidly pro women in the workplace but not really knowing what to do with so that less so than less so than in <clears throat> hurricane heist which was really about yeah. like sexism in the workplace and being like man that's bad yeah this is sort of like Meh. yeah it's Women's like think maybe. about this yeah think about like for your consideration <laughs> women in the workplace i i would argue that you're you're correct on that okay um i'd also tie in the idea of uh, fertility yeah uh, the snake is a symbol of fertility. Mm. Um, going after the fertility, going after men. Oh, interesting. Um, almost exclusively eating the men. Yeah. Um, and sparing her. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. So maybe this is sort of like a symbol of this fear she has. Uh-huh. That, and it's not, it's chasing her, but not getting her. Right. Um, and, it, and it does, it does consume our IRA soldier. Yeah. Who is, who is turned away from all manners, it seems like, of domestic commitment. True. To, to pursue her idealistic mission. And she is eaten most graphically yeah. by the snake. She's we see punished. like the chomps and the biting and the chewing. She's punished by her sexlessness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Which, which by, the, she gets, by the phallic symbol. Yes. And she, she is called a whore. Yeah. She is renounced as that multiple times. And then she is ultimately eaten by the, the fertility snake. Yeah. By the fertility <laughs> snake. <laughs> What has we got there? What did we, what did uh, we... Also, it's a movie about the carceral state yeah. and uh, the mm-hmm. extrajudicial legal system, like black, yeah. the, uh, you know, renditions. Yep. It's a movie about the unjustness of it. This is getting into, we are in a post 9-11 world. Yeah. When this comes out, we, we've not yet seen the horrors of Abu Ghraib. Yeah. But we are in a, we are in a situation where uh, the police state, the idea of summarily executing or just without trial sentencing people to terrorists, alleged terrorists sure. to, to life in prison, Gitmo. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're in a world where that is very much in our consciousness at the time. So I think you're definitely right. Yeah. About that. I think it's definitely about that. And there's like, I, I don't know that they are, that the writers of this are in favor of it. Like they do set this place up and say that it's 35 different countries working together to create this, but they don't really ever, like we talked about how this guy just sort of is like, like the, rebel the chechen guy shows up and yeah. he's like oh he's just there there's no trial there's nothing yeah do we believe that this is even that they're even holding trials for these guys that is a very good point and you know what i say no yeah I, i'm not possibly i'm not buying it no because they can tell these people anything that's yeah. a very good question i don't i don't think that there's i think this is completely extrajudicial yeah to the point where they're just taking these guys twenty five thousand people they plan on having in this site yeah i mean that's a lot of the world's most dangerous criminals yeah which let's centralize them in one place. Good idea. Yeah. Well, again, 
you're just gonna centralize them and give them a cafeteria and let them hang out and <laughs> yeah. see it's it's give them conference tables yeah well they're gonna i think they should have probably wired it up with more cameras and turned it into <laughs> this is a proto big brother yeah kind this of. is like, big brother prison yeah so we it, really good programming ultimately <laughs> we see what happens when people when people start being real yeah stop being polite and start, start being, being real. real the word whore comes up a lot yeah it, which again very similar <laughs> yeah. to the real world yes. let's be yeah like this is this is real world antarctica yeah 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 um and then the last thing which i added as we were talking and we're mm. talking about you know the ira girl it's about the troubles apparently so this is really this is this whole thing is about is about the troubles and maybe the snake is in addition to a symbol of fertility symbol of uh like the English, the crown's dominance over well, I think subjugated the, peoples. I, and I think the the statement about the, there not being any snakes in Ireland, mm-hmm. like we are very specifically given that detail. And she's like, she renounces them evil, as yeah. evil, like these spiritually, demonically evil presences. So she is afraid of them. And she also has like this core like phobia of them. And so I, given somebody so ideologically aligned and motivated as an IRA, apparently high level IRA terrorist, um, or, or perceived terrorist. I couldn't say, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right yeah. about that. Cause even as we're thinking, we're given enough detail about just her, just about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. even as I like to expand that out, even as I'm thinking about it, the people in there were from Chechnya rebelling against Russian domination. Yeah. An Iraqi guy who was presumably like, they don't say that he's like part of Saddam Hussein's regime. Right. So he might have been just like a separatist of some sort. Maybe he was Kurdish. We don't know. Fight, like so perhaps on the other was, side of the land invasion in yeah. Iraq following our invasion of Iraq. Well, I think it would have been too early for our invasion of Iraq. Right. We were still smoking gunning. Maybe he was like, yeah, we Colin Powell was holding some meetings. Yeah. But maybe he was like mm. during the Iraq war in 91 or like maybe, yep. maybe he was a separatist of some sort. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the IRA girl. Yeah. The only person right. in this prison who isn't in a group of people who theoretically are fighting against a larger power. Yeah. By like a, by like a like historically colonial oppressor practically. Yeah. Is, is token white dude is, is the hacker who just is like a shitty hacker. Yeah. Who's, who's just a dick. Yeah. He's just like, he just sucks. Yeah. Um, and so I would argue that maybe even beyond the troubles in the larger sense, this is an anti-colonial movie happens in, it takes place in one of the, the last, uncolonized territories in the world where we have like now mm-hmm. built this large fixed prison, prison. which is doomed mm-hmm. doomed by nature doomed by nature doomed by <gasps> one of the original inhabitants the native inhabitants <gasps> of the land i love this yeah so maybe i think as we as we discuss i'm starting to realize like on a bigger picture i couldn't focus as much as i wanted it to on the women in the workplace and sexism issue because there was a lot more that they there's were trying so to do so much going on so there. much yeah. deeper that they I've, were they were going with with issues like this yeah there's gonna so we're eventually i'm looking forward to eventually at some point i don't know how we'll break this down but i'd love to do <laughs> i'd love to do the tv show surface which had 18 episodes right and that we're going to really deep dive into women in the workplace because Lake Bell is consistently underestimated just yep. because she's a really hot biologist. Uh huh. Um, and so there are other shows and movies that tackle it. But I really think that this one in particular, like we're not going to get women in the workplace in every single one. Right. It's just going to like that. Just Can't fight be, that battle every time. Seems to be just the default. It's just like, oh, we've got a woman. I yeah. guess that we need to have her have an issue with. I've never met as many women in real life. <laughs> Who are having the issue of like <laughs> starting a family versus continuing their job? Yeah, 
Have you ever like it's like I don't I don't know any women who are having that argue with their husbands with the freak not with their husbands really yeah I like I when I was in school for geology both two I had two female professors who were weirdly enough married to our two male professors oh okay they were like mm. the whole department pretty much they were <laughs> they were they were two thirds of the department then wow. there were like two other professors but they both wound up pregnant one of them was hiking up a sand dune in the middle of the desert at five months. <laughs> oh and the rest God. of us were like out of shape and disgust. And we were all like ready to vomit. And meanwhile, she's just like <laughs> trucking along up the sand wow. dune. And then we find Women out that she's like heroes. five months pregnant. And we're all like, oh God. <laughs> we were all complaining and miserable. And right. Robbie was... And we had no right. Yeah. So, so what I've learned from having seen women in doing field work is... Um, Basically, the only thing that changes is that they make their TAs and their research assistants carry more things. Nice. Um, and then they make you feel really bad about how much you're complaining. Right. No, fair. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't generally speaking stop women in the sciences. Okay. But I appreciate how much they seem, writers seem to think like, well, just default. Okay. Brittany Murphy's going to have to have a problem with her husband that yeah. gets unresolved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, that brings, you know, speaking of, of Britney and, yeah. and performances, I think that brings us into fantasy casting Let's land. Let's do it. So what do you got? All right. So for Dr. Robert Trenton, yes. um, I wanted someone who also had sort of like perfect hair and a weirdly smooth visage. Yeah, he really does. Um, so I went with Matthew Davis. Ooh. Or Davies. I don't know. I can't read my own handwriting. The guy from, from Legally Blonde who then was on... The, the the boyfriend from Legally Blonde who then was on oh, oh okay yeah, yeah. you know her, who I'm talking about? yeah yeah the one who plays her Harvard her yeah, her yeah, her, yeah. her age boyfriend yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah. the hair yeah um because I was like yeah I mean all he, he's doing was it is he is he on the show he's on the show the this the legacy one about uh-huh. Vampire Diaries spinoff oh okay. I think he's on that but he's got that sort of good professorial vibe okay yeah like he could do a sort of Harrison Ford Indiana Jones like roll your sleeves up have your student write I love you on her eyes right. lids like that sort of thing um the only casting I really cared about was Doctor Wife Jessica Platt yeah because. Again, for much of the movie, I kept watching and just being like, God, she looks so much like this other person. <laughs> and that other person for me was Katie Holmes. Oh, okay. Okay. And I, yeah, I kind of like Katie Holmes in I that capacity. I love the idea of Katie Holmes in this, but the key for Katie Holmes in this role is she has to do the performance with an Australian accent slipping through <laughs> the way that this actress would occasionally, because she kept dropping her American accent, which I was like, why not just let her be Australian, you yeah. guys? Just let this happen. No one will question, <laughs> like, why is this Australian married to Dean Kane? Right, like, It'll right. work. <laughs> It'll work. Just let her do this. And because her Australian accent just kept slipping through. So I want her to also, I want Katie Holmes to struggle with masking an Australian accent <laughs> because that will give her the acting challenge that she needs to take on this role. Yeah, okay. Um, I didn't, other than that, I felt like everyone was so nondescript. I yeah. had no particular feelings about who anyone would be in this movie. Yeah. Except um, having just listened, binge listened to all of our episodes and realized with your fantasy casting that you have a trend. Oh, do I? You do. Um, I, I did types. want. I did want Miles Teller to play one of the prison guards. Oh, Just so that you fantastic. could watch him get eaten by a snake. <laughs> no, that, that made like absolutely. Yeah. The soldier on the plane I was gonna is say, Miles I think he's Teller. The soldier, yeah. And, and, and Quinn is, mm. or one of the inst- engineers Ansel, is Ansel Elgort. And, and, Ansel yeah, Elgort. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Maybe both the engineers are, are Ansel and, and, and Miles. And Miles. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. But me. the, the, the only casting from any of the bit players that I cared about was uh, the pilot. 
Oh, because okay. the pilot makes such a meal out of so little. He does. He really, he does. really delivers every line with a relish and a joy and in a completely different movie. And the only person who can do that justice and deliver those lines in such a saucy way. <laughs> yeah. Titus Burgess. Oh, my mm. God. Titus Burgess, the pilot. Yeah. That I mean, there's no scene stealer. Him yelling, unbelievable. Him yelling that there's no beacons and there's no lights. Mm -hmm. Him saying, "Is the snake off of the plane?" Then yes, I can fly this plane. I want that movie, hundred percent. So that's really the only casting I cared about was I want Katie Holmes in this remake and I want Titus and that's it. Anybody else? Like I don't care. Anybody else can go in it. It Uh Like uh, cast it with whoever. If you want to just put a bunch of mannequins in there, and push them around on wheelie chairs, (laughs) fine. I put them in the Picard chair. Yes, I I felt like I needed somewhere in this movie Michael Bane. Ooh, okay. And so I'm gonna make Michael Bane uh, the head CEO. Okay. In which case, I would actually he would actually do something with it, and I would actually like Mm -hmm. care about the head CEO. I, I, that, that really appealed to me. And I think I would need to have Michelle Rodriguez as the second paleo, as Dr. Wife paleontologist. Okay. Because, and then again, that, that the character takes on a whole different tinge. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's like, she, she's already doing field work in this universe. Like she, yeah, she's, she's she's the one who got them the grant. She moonlights field work. Yeah, exactly. Like she's, she's gallivanting around the globe all the time. Yeah. And now she's going to take this on. And, but then it was like, do you go, do you go with somebody sympathetic to be Dr. Dean Kane, her husband? Or do you go like, do you make it a husband? Yeah. I wasn't really sure. Mm. So I, I don't know. Like it, I'm going to steal your, can I steal your casting for a second? Yeah. I'm going to make Michelle Rodriguez. The Chechen Rebels. The Chechen Rebels. I want to see Michelle Rodriguez. I don't see. As I think all that's of them. All Army of them. Hammer style. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that she. <laughs> all of them. All of them. She's also the IRA girl. She's all of them. <laughs> I no. I think. What if we make her? I think we have to. I cast, think you're right. I think that's where her role really. I is. think you're really right. No, and then and that suddenly my mind is freed up. Yeah. To make um doctor wife Elizabeth Mitchell. Yes. Who always I always love Elizabeth Mitchell. So, like why why what is it about Elizabeth Mitchell that is like yes always Elizabeth Mitchell absolutely she's such a what likeable, is it about she's her such a likable calm intelligent presence I root for her so much anytime she yeah. comes on screen I'm like oh my god it's Elizabeth Mitchell like it makes it's she makes so me exciting. so happy yeah in any in any situation the only time I've ever truly cared about anything that happened on Lost was when she died and I was like that is unfair I, and wrong I was there are wrecked. so many other characters Juliet right Ju- yes I oh was my god so upset Juliet and Sawyer I was like I didn't care about anyone else suddenly I care about Sawyer in this context (laughs) in this context context. and like I was just like I appreciate that Sawyer is like I want an intelligent science woman like yeah "Yeah, this is great you're so much smarter than I am and I'm just a dumb hot dude and I was like yes I love that you recognize it right and then she gets eaten by a vortex I was uh, beside myself she was the thing that I cared about most in all of Lost and I think Marin might even remember that I think our our mutual dear friend Marin might yeah. even be able to confirm how goddamn much I love Juliet and Elizabeth Mitchell, which is why the Purge election year sings so well is mm. because you have Elizabeth Mitchell running as the opposition candidate of the new founding fathers being protected by Frank Grillo the whole time in a totally like mostly asexual, amazing, like mm. 
uh, uh, Olympus has fallen Gerard Butler and Aaron uh, Eckhart kind of way. Oh my God. I, I don't it. even, I don't even watch these movies and I would watch like now knowing that that was, I've the, actually heard really good things about you election should, year. No, you no, should no, totally I, watch election Jordan, year. Like I, I'm, I, my thing isn't like, I don't watch these movies. So I think they're bad. It's cause I'm a coward. <laughs> um, like a hundred percent. It's because I'm just like, Nope. If I do that, then I'm going to end up with a panic room in mm. my studio apartment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I can't do that because, yeah. as you can see, there's no space for a panic room. <laughs> they have panic cabinets. Panic cabinets. Um, but yeah, oh my God, that's an amazing... Pr- I, I would just watch that show of just Frank Grillo and Elizabeth... Oh my God! Yeah, I think I think in that in that spirit, then I think I, I kind of find I have to make her counterpart in this Frank, Frank Grillo. Grillo. I was just hoping, I, yeah, Frank Grillo now has to play uh, the the doctor, the, yes. the first doctor paleontologist, and with his, you know, he's grizzled, he's rough, he's tumble. She's, you know, she's the soothing, calming presence, but like absolutely fierce in any context yeah. she needs to be. I love it so much. I would love the reversal of the plot line for them to be that the whole time, people are like. Dr. Trenton and Mr. Trenton. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole time. And but he's like, there's and this, there's this he's fucking like, Frank Grillo yeah. guy. And they're like, that guy's clearly a bodybuilder. Yeah. Like, a, like he's assassin. like, look at this meathead is sat. Like he's a grunt. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, actually my passion is paleontology. Yeah. And, and she's like, I just want it. And he's, and maybe she's the one, he's the one being like, somehow he's like, he's more not ready paternal. to settle. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe he's, I want him to be not ready to settle down, that he's afraid of the idea of becoming a father. And she's like, look, you would be good at it. Come on. Yeah. Take the baby out on digs. I think. It, yeah. I think I in a more her. respectful yeah. way like that. Like, yeah. no, it's not about it. It's because he's not afraid of his life. Like his like boyhood adventure yeah. of life ending. He's like afraid of fucking up. Yeah. But Elizabeth Mitchell will be there to center him. Yeah. I want her oh. to be like the calming. Like her argument is like, come on. We can do this. Yeah. We went to Patagonia (laughs) and uncovered (laughs) an entire new species. Yeah. 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 And like, and that coming through this trial together bonds them. God, I love it. And then Titus takes them home. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I think we merge our castings and that's, yeah. I love the idea of Elizabeth Mitchell on this. I, so, yes. God, I'm, I'm irrationally happy at the idea of Elizabeth <laughs> Mitchell being in a movie that doesn't exist. Oh. Elizabeth Mitchell, thank you. Um, so I guess that brings us to the towering infernos. Yeah. What do you think? Oof. <laughs> I I mean, this other movie that we've written, I've given in my head a lot oh, more towering. Yeah. Like, now that that exists, I almost want to like give this movie more towering infernos because right, of the right. fact that like it's endearing me as a concept. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I mean, we need to start keeping track of like what the yeah. infernos were giving. Cause I'm like, I, I, I just thought about that too. Cause yeah. I was like, what is she going to give this based on mega fault? But I like this don't more remember. than mega fault. Okay. Yeah. And mega fault. I think I gave two, I want to say two or two and a half. I don't remember. This should be my job to remember, but I don't. No, I'm going to go through and find the ends and and do a confirmation. I think it was two and a half. I think it was like two and a half. Um, You liked Make a Fault more than I did. I I remember that. And I remember... Wait, is that true? Because I remember us... Oh, God. This is is a thrilling conversation for anyone listening to this right now. So so, let's Uh, recenter. Let's recenter. Okay. I'm just... I... It was perfectly fine. I didn't dislike it. Uh Uh-huh. I think I'm going to go two and a half Infernos because okay. I want to just like middle ground. If this were on, I'd be like, yeah, I'll put that on while I needlepoint. Like, sure. sure. Yeah. Um, in the world where we're still like channel surfing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that I would necessarily, I would describe the concept of it much more animatedly than I would readily watch it again. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. 
I honestly, I think I'm going to give you, the, I think it's the same for me. Okay. I think it's two and a half for me. It feels solidly middle of the road. The production value was as what it should be. Yeah. Um, the snake was, you know, obviously they're working, they're working balling on a budget here. Uh, but the snake looked, looked good enough considering. Um, I did feel like it, it moved along swiftly at the very least. I, yeah, it was, it was kind of utterly middle zone. It almost wasn't because there are, there are so many things to mega fault that were like catastrophically silly. Yeah. And this really didn't even make those kinds of errors. It was just kind of, it was, it was just kind of there. Yeah. Everybody did their, everybody did their assigned tasks. Yeah. I mean, my only, it could have gotten more points for me. I didn't feel it moved as swiftly as you did because the fact that I did have to ask that question of at what point, like when I was like, oh my God, it's halfway through and we're only just now getting the hero to the location. Um, So it didn't move as swiftly for me as it did for you. I would have probably bumped this up a little more if we'd had a little more snake. Mm. If we had a little more snake, if we had a couple more good constriction scenes bump it up another half a point. I would, it would, it would hit it three for me at okay. that point. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I, that's where I stand. So we're All both right. two and a half. A respectable score. Okay. For, for uh, new Alcatraz Boa. All right. Hopefully we'll get a sequel starring Elizabeth Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So yeah, that, uh-huh. that brings us to the end of, of this installment. We haven't discussed, we didn't do this again. We didn't discuss what we were going to Yeah, we watch. didn't, we, we don't have a throw. Um, if anybody feels something spontaneously, like, does anybody have a fave? Want to um, toss out I mean, a fave? Got, okay, so we've got 47 meters down the sequel. Mm. Oh, right, Uncaged. Which just came out. Mm-hmm. We want to do, do we want to do sharks? Do we feel like that's too many? Do we want to do sharks attacking teenage girls? We could. Jason, I'd- how are you feeling about that? I'm down for what I'm just racking my brain for literally any disaster movie. I've got movie. my full list of films that has uh, about let's see, sixty one. We could do we things. could do regular forty seven meters down. Um, we could do regular forty seven. We could do that. We could also do uh, the Poseidon Adventure. Let's do the Poseidon Adventure. That sounds Poseidon really exciting. Adventure? Yeah. Okay. All right. So are folks. We, we're doing the original Poseidon Adventure. Original Poseidon Adventure. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yes. New plan. Original Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> I like the idea of that. That okay. sounds good right now on, on the seas. <laughs> Okay, cool. So that will be next week. Um, in the meantime, Jordan, how can we find you? Uh, you can find me online at Jor Crew, J O R C R U. You can find me, Amanda, at, at Amanda R. Tubbs. That's with two B's. Jason? Uh, you can find me at Jason Halftones. And uh, you can find the podcast itself. We are disaster underscore pod. Mm-hmm. You can find it. That's on Twitter. Let us know how many. Flaming Infernos, Towering Infernos, you would give the movie. Um, suggestions, if you got movies that you want us to cover, let us know. Just, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to actually start maybe potentially interacting with our Twitter account that our, we've created. Our Disaster Divas. Yes, with our Disaster Divas. <laughs> I love this. Um, and then uh, you can email us if you want to at we're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, everybody. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>